She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. And Nick Payne. I have not had a book boyfriend like Bear in a while, ma'am. Even if you're researching, would this penis fit in this vagina? Because let me tell you. Unrealistic penises for the life of me. Like, forever. Forever. Mm -hmm. Somebody's a prostitute. The group chat is unsupervised! Whoop, whoop! To just pull out your phone and do it for the likes. I'm actually, I'm actually here for this. I'm actually very here for this. I wish I had popcorn. This is fantasy for a reason, fuckers. With special guest Nikki Payne. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back, lady. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, so we've excited. missed you. I got to see you once since we've last seen each other, but yes. not enough, obviously, even though we're like practically neighbors. It's fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> you've been a little busy, kind of writing a, a new novel. A little oh, bit. Gosh. A little bit. Little bit, just you know, cons, just everywhere. Was it Good Morning America that you did? Yes. Oh, um, maybe someone mentioned my book on Good Morning America. Maybe I touched the hem of someone's garment who had also been on Good Morning. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, you're there. Well, perhaps I brushed against someone. (laughs) Good Morning America wafted their breath on me. Yes. Yes. Oh man, I I just I am so happy to have you back because we met you for the first time at Annapolis Book Festival, yes. uh, which we will be back again this year. Um, yeah, in, so in excited! Yeah, it's a great con. It's a great book con. If you're local, definitely go. Oh yeah, I'm coming up from Virginia. I live in coastal Virginia, and it's not even that far for me. And it's a great chance to meet some authors. It's pretty low key. I think. Yeah, for a it's con. Su- and they have a book sale. They have events yeah. for the kids. They have paintings. And, really and of course, it's the school where it's held. Um, it, it's a really nice event. But when we met you. So we got to pick the authors that we wanted to interview for Annapolis Book Festival. And we did a little bit of judging books by covers. Um, So if a cover looked appealing to us, then we went and read author's bio. Mm -hmm. And I saw this cover, which is your first book, Pride and Protest. And I went, I I need to, I need to meet this person. She is an icon. He's an icon. Right. (laughs) We're not going to lie. Uh, When we both came together with lists, you were the only name. You were on both of them. We had three names that were on both of ours, and you were the only one that um, was top on both of our lists. Top. We both knew. I knew you were a local art author, so I was like, oh, my God, this would be great to promote a local author. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but she's doing something that BIPOC authors aren't doing a lot of, and it's going to be great. And we really – it's just all the words. Well, I had all it, the words. But general, don't I have all the words, though? In general, <laughs> I, I'm a children's librarian, and in general, a big part of my job is advocating for more diversity in kids' books. Yeah. And um, I remember when I was teaching still, because I used to be a teacher, my boss was retiring, my department head, and she's an African-American woman, and she was retiring, and we all bought her books to as like this was her book party like you now have all this time to read whatever you want and one of my co-workers bought her romance novels and I'm talking like bodice rippers like Fabio's on the cover and she made a comment that she couldn't find any 
ones that had black people on the cover. And her comment was, I guess black people don't love each other, which was like, obviously she was, you know, being sarcastic. Right. But I was like, the the fact is, and this is one thing we talked to you about in Annapolis, the fact is that there aren't a lot of black women leading rom-coms mm-hmm. because and you can explain it so much better because you have this background, but that's not what's trending on um, like dating apps. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, there, there's like a whole background to like what happens in the publishing industry and mm-hmm. who gets, you know, the, those types of cutesy covers and what that mm-hmm. looks like. It is yep. old and ancient and a tale as old as time. And it mm-hmm. rhymes with ruptural racism. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like there. There are um, there are all of these kind of reasons why those types of books are mm-hmm. like oftentimes not seen, but also like those types of genres where mm-hmm. a lot of black women aren't uh, represented. I, I think mm-hmm. I think it's it's so compelling to like yeah. actually like pull off the layers and think through yeah. some of those. Yeah. Things. Like who is who is deserving of love? Like who gets right. their happy ending? Right? right. And they're and they're not the sassy best friend. Yeah. They yeah. are the central character the most desired which which is actually a complaint that molly and i a similar complaint that molly and i had with the previous book that we read actually the one we read last week uh the best friend was a gay man because of course we need a sassy gay man to be the best friend because like that is all millennial stories is right right? it's it's the set structure white woman sad lonely ugly gay best friends Mm -hmm. bad at jobs that that yeah. that that's the triangle right now of rom- millennial romance. Right, right, and it's just and it's it's not cool. But the yeah. other thing that I really liked about you before we even met you about your work was that you're taking classic literature, mm-hmm. which I'm an English teacher and I have not read a lot of classics because I don't like them. Yeah. Boom! Um, <laughs> Um, I understand that the hand flex and pride and prejudice is so. All I'm saying is, is you can't give me shit. I can't. Not being a massive (laughs) fan of like not being super obsessed with To Kill a Mockingbird when you're like, pride and protest is fine. Like you cannot. (laughs) No, not pride and prejudice was fine. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. But you get what I'm saying, right? On one hand, you give me shit for not loving your classic. But when other people's classics come up, you're like, Listen, Molly. (laughs) Listen what? Kill a Mockingbird is not classic literature. It's American literature. And mm, I just can't. Get into it. Conversation every time. I know. I love you. I'm actually actually here for this. I'm actually very here for this. I wish I had popcorn. Uh, we have this ongoing thing in our ep- in our episodes where we talk about why I don't li- like historical fiction. Yeah. And um, my biggest complaint about historical fiction is a lot of it is like the woman walking away. Right. So it's yeah. the same thing. It's almost always World War II. It's yeah. when we leaving interviewed- time behind. Yeah. When we interviewed Anthony Mara at Annapolis Book Festival, he said you can walk into a bookstore and trip over a huge stack of the woman walking away historical fiction he writes historical fiction but it's very different Mm -hmm. um and i was just like i it it took me a while but when we were interviewing anthony i made a comment he's like i think the reason that you don't like historical fiction is because of how much you love to kill a mockingbird and i i think that's the answer wow because to kill mockingbird is technically historical fiction because it takes place in the 40s Mm -hmm. and was written in the 60s but she was writing about 
the civil rights movement. She mm-hmm. was writing about what she saw and how it hadn't changed. Yeah. And when I used to teach that book, I taught in the middle of the West Tampa projects and I'm teaching kids who are still seeing the justice system be inequitable yeah. Yeah. and they're relating to something that was written decades ago. Yeah. And to me, I will, I will die on that hill. That is my, that is, that is the pinnacle of, of books to me. I yeah. will die on that hill. And honestly, if you, if you think about that in that same vein, one of the reasons why, um, one of the reasons why Jane Austen continues to appeal to me is not necessarily because of like the characters who are, you know, mm-hmm. iconic, but mm-hmm. when we talk about um, showing children over time, those systems and structures of inequality and how those narratives still fit very neatly Mm -hmm. into their society. Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. we think about um, Jane Austen and those systems of of class and social structure and and bringing us into the story of these women, Mm -hmm. always her women are in this moment of Mm -hmm. uh, complete like loss of agency, Mm -hmm. right? Where they don't have any options. And yet they always autonomy, the economy. Exactly. Particularly when it comes to like their financial um, background, they are at the very bottom of the totem pole and all of their safety nets are stripped from them. And they Mm -hmm. still have this rare opportunity to Mm -hmm. exercise agency. And when you think about it, like Elizabeth Bennett, who was down at the bottom of the totem pole and getting lower, probably because Mm -hmm. of her sister. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. When when Moneybags comes in and says, I'm going to pluck this rose, you know, yeah. and, and bring you a new life. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you think about the extreme amount of agency, it would take her to say, kick rocks, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> like, kick, bounce. Bounce. Oh, yeah. bounce. Not, I, I don't need you, friend. I'm not. I'm yeah. not See you later, homie. Right. And so like those themes about when you think about that in 2024 yeah. and introducing this to this woman whose back is against the wall and who has very little agency. But the one time that she is the main character, she gets to flex her agency to say, nah, I'm not going to be able to do it. You know, I just, I I feel like there are all of these threads with and economic instability and And what our choices are when economic instability is our um, other option. And I love reading books through a feminist lens Mm -hmm. and, um, and I, you can't read Jane Austen and not get that lens. No, like, she has a is, absolutely. Yeah, there yeah. is a very. She was writing women who were fine with being heard and seen, mm-hmm. not yeah. seen and not heard. Yeah, they 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 wanted to be in the room mm-hmm. where it happens. I mean, she wanted to be in the room. In the room Got it. Where it happens. I see what you did there. <laughs> I mean, is it? Yeah. We, we, you know, I saw a TikTok about that the other day, actually, totally off topic. But Aaron Burr is female rage. I think about it. Too. Think female about that. Noted. Yeah, because if there's a reason I'm still alive and Hamilton still seems to survive, like it is Burr is screaming. It is not fair. He keeps persisting over me. I am working harder. If that is not our feminine life. I mean, if there's not a reason I'm still alive and he persists, no matter even though he's not trying, why? Yeah. That is my my fight with men in the military, man. Like I am sitting here working twice as hard as you, and you're getting it. Absolutely, minorities as well, women of color, exactly. Yep. They're like, yep. Hey, this person is doing the absolute least, right? Yes. <laughs> and gets to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. 
The confidence okay, of a so, white man. <laughs> yes. Do it with the confidence That's our of a mantra. Okay, yes. so let's So we just, probably should actually <laughs> talk about... I'm supposed to be leading this. <laughs> of course. I'm supposed to be. So we read Pride and Protest a year ago yes. and met you a year ago. Yes. And immediately after I finished this book, I went and pre-ordered your book. That was, this was in April that I did this. Last and the book year. came out today, the day that we're, we're going <laughs> yeah. live, not the day we're filming, but today <laughs> is the day your book comes out. Yes. So it was almost a whole year <laughs> that I had pre-ordered this book, <laughs> but I was like, I need more of yeah. this woman's voice. I need more. Agreed. Agreed. Without camping out in your front yard, of course. I love it. Please come. I, I may mean, camp out in your front yard. I'm a little don't, crazy. Don't. You know very well I'm local. <laughs> and I can and I have access to the internet. Let's do it. Do not tempt me, Nikki. <laughs> so, besties, we are so lucky. Uh, I didn't have to do a synopsis. Yeah. I do not have to do the synopsis. Do Our you friend... have a copy of your book you can show us? Otherwise, I we'll have do. Tom put a picture here. I do. Oh, yay. <gasps> oh, it's so pretty. Oh, my gosh, that cover. Pretty. Look at that oh. spine. Look at this lobster on the back. Oh, I love that there's a lobster. There's a lobster on, on the back. That's this, amazing. This I love the colors of own. this one. Yes. Oh, gorgeous. Mm -hmm. like, I don't even have like the cover on my conversations, but I'm going to write a note because I want to ask. Uh, mm. yep. We'll get back to gorgeous. it. All right. So, Nikki, can you give us a synopsis of your book, Sex, Lies, and Sensibility? If you want, I guess. If you want to tell the people. Or we could just sit here and bullshit Molly, for an hour. Let her <laughs> <the people>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Two sisters. Nora and Yan find out at the worst possible time that they're their mm -hmm. father's outside children. Bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They are swiftly disinherited and the mm -hmm. only mm -hmm. thing in their name is a dilapidated property mm -hmm. in Maine in foreclosure. Mm -hmm. um, first Rude. alert, ain't no black people in Maine. What are we going to do? Okay. Um, now, if they can make the money to get the house out of foreclosure, it's theirs. They just have to stay focused, right? Mm -hmm. And But there is a tall, dark, and secretive indigenous native Abenaki mm -hmm. tour guide. And he is driving my main character, Nora, to full and complete distraction. Mm -hmm. And you guys will get to see what they end up doing. Can they save their house? Mm -hmm. Can they save their love? I don't know, man. Bear <laughs> is a leading man. Bear. That. Mm. Bear's a man. Okay. Bear's a, <laughs> a man. Okay. I have not had a book boyfriend like Bear in a while. Woo. Yeah. He'll he'll give you a shift shift in your seat feelings. Shift sure. in your um, seat. There is mm -hmm. so much to talk about with sex lies and sensibility. Mm -hmm. So much. But the writer in me has to ask. Yes. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Did you settle on what happened first with your characters or your location? What, where did the story start for you? Oh, that's so great. I think I did start with a little bit of a location. When I, when I decided I was going to do Sense and Sensibility, one mm -hmm. of the core issues with Jane Austen's um, Sense and Sensibility is the relocation of these mm -hmm. women. And mm -hmm. when they're relocating, it wasn't that they were just um, moving to just a smaller area. No. Like they were kind of upended yeah. and moved away from the marriage market as well, <sighs> if you think about it. 
And so I wanted to isolate these women. And Maine is one of those states that kind of lives in in Black lore as mm-hmm. like, ain't no Black people in Maine. Like, it's just the thing. Like, when you say Maine, everyone's just like, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Everyone's just like, nah, we're going to pass, right? That's white people shit. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, <laughs> so I wanted uh, to maroon... I know, I know. <laughs> I wanted to maroon these women, um, two Black girls from Montgomery County, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who have not necessarily, they've just watched a ton of HGTV, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they she don't has have a Pinterest kids. board. Yeah, she has a Pinterest board. She has some board. kind of plan. Exactly. She has like lists. I mean, yeah, I'll give Nora that. She's a girl with lists. She's a girl <laughs> with a list. And I, so I thought Maine would be this perfect place um, to mm-hmm. maroon these women. But I also wanted to think about this um, association that we have that I often feel like is um, is the purview of like what happens when people have generational wealth, which is just mm-hmm. like what it, what it means to pass down land, what it means to inherit yeah. land. And I don't know if you can have that conversation without like a native community there. Right. Yeah. Think about Especially like, how we own land and how, right. how we decide who's, who owns it and who's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, mm-hmm. I grew up in the Syracuse, New York, Finger Lakes area. I know yeah. about, uh, <clears throat> about stolen land. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Is it a, a, a problem where I'm from? And it is a interesting I way. I literally live in Virginia, yeah, where yeah. we first stole the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's an interesting way to have that conversation without being like, look, white people, you're the devil. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, the most accurate line in all of Disney is these white men are dangerous. Yes. Do not trust them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was, the, the, the story itself was like, what I found, what I wanted to do that was most compelling is like have these two subcultures, uh, yes. subcultures of like American famous and oldest American subcultures yeah. to sit mm-hmm. and have a conversation with each other kind of yeah. without white folks in the room. Because right? it and needs like, to be had. Because yeah, we like don't, what happens? We like, don't what, need to be involved. Honestly, right, like, you don't fucking like, yeah. need us. What can they talk about? You know? And, and I, I like when um, Nora gets called out for being. Um, Oh gosh, what Columbus. Columbus. Thank you. Yes. And she's like, how can I be doing that when I'm black? Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly the, the question and conversation right. that I wanted to have. I started off this entire um book from that question where mm-hmm. he says, That's- You are embodying this identity. And she's like, mm-hmm. How? How could I possibly? Mm-hmm. Right? When my and people with, were forced yeah. to do something horrific. Just yes. like your people were forced to be do something horrific. Yeah. And so like one of the things that she says back to him is like, I didn't come over on the Mayflower. So you can kind of, you can miss me with, yeah. with mm-hmm. this comparison, you know? It's, it's your anthropologist showing. It is. It always It's your is. anthropologist yeah. showing. You get, you, you're, 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 your little A is poking through. You might <laughs> yeah. want to button your shirt up there, Superman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I thought that uh, it was clever. Um, because it's not a conversation that you would, that me, that I would think about. Um, and I felt like the way that you handled that conversation, um, it felt authentic. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a conversation that I think somebody who is white could write. No, it's, it's a conversation that needed to come from a perspective of a person of color. Yeah. Cause it's not our story to tell. It was just like two people of color having this moment of like, mm-hmm. you're you are doing this thing. 
mm-hmm. how can I be doing this thing mm-hmm. when when we came in the in this way in this manner right exactly. and so it was just it was an interesting conversation that I, that I wanted them to have it's and amazing. I really like how different the sisters are yeah um because essentially these girls come from money at least they they, they think they come from money yeah. and their dad is wealthy or was wealthy mm-hmm. um but the sisters they handle that wealth completely differently. Mm-hmm. So Nora is um, very reserved and there's a reason for that. And we're going to talk about mm-hmm. it a little bit later. Um, but she feels like she needs to be presented as prim and proper and never mm-hmm. steps out of line. Yep. Whereas her sister is, I'm going to smoke weed and I'm going to have locks and mm-hmm. I'm going to go have sex with whomever I want to have sex with. Yeah. And I'm going to do whatever feels right to me. Yeah. And that is often, right, the stereotype of wealthy people. It's yeah. one or the other, right? Yeah. Um, and so I thought, like, that even, that conversation was yeah. really interesting. And yeah. then you had the conversation where Bear's dad won the lottery, so he has the biggest house in the reservation. Yeah. Whereas most of the people live in trailers or smaller right. houses, right. which is what we see in Native American reservations, right? Yeah. That is the community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just thought, it's so smart, Nikki. Gosh, you're so smart. I mean, what's so fun? What I loved about being the lottery is that he was just like one of like almost 100 folks. So right. He just literally got so like, like a tiny sliver of this right. thing. But now his story is like, I this person who was always it's, it's, it's lore. denigrated. On, you know, is right. now he's won the lottery. It's another you know? story for their tribe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Bear is this big lure in the community. Yeah. And the money that his dad won, while it probably wasn't much, maybe yeah. half a million at most, he's yeah. still like this huge, massive like thing. Yeah. It's so wild. And but, he, and but I feel like he does that. money to buy like respectability yeah. on the mm-hmm. reservation. Right? But he's yes. a whore. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. But he had to have something else, a different story to tell because he yeah. didn't want the story to be any more... I don't want to give away spoilers. Okay. He didn't yeah. want his his actual story to be that story anymore. So they had right. to flip it and, you, and have a big know, It's like literally... Okay, this is what I love about how you guys are reading this. It's like like Bear's dad is... Not, I wouldn't even call him a main character, but like he's so um, important to the reason why Bear is the mm-hmm. way he is. Like Bear's dad's story. If that stone's not on the path, the path is not complete. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, like reading Bear's dad is like honestly, that's the it makes the, sense. The heart of understanding why Bear is the way he is, mm-hmm. yeah. duty yeah. over everything. Talking about in, in a in a certain comment that is made by another family member, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say what that comment is, <laughs> but it, it put Bear in a box that yeah. this yeah. is what his job is going to be um, moving forward, yeah. and. I mean, that is a thing with a lot of family businesses. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. I can't imagine the pressure that someone like Bear would be facing because you're not just in charge of the family business. Yeah. You're in charge of literally saving what is left of our identity. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Whether he wanted to be that symbol or not. Right. He just looked around and was like, who else is going to do it? Right. He says this very often. It's just like, okay, it. Mm-hmm. let's just say it doesn't have to be me. Now, who else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, fucking somebody else do it then. Yeah. Somebody else yeah. step up. 
Yeah. And and oh, seeing, you guys his, cool beans, seeing his anxiety and his spiral, I just kept feeling like he got sexier the more anxious he got, <laughs> which probably says something about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I gave him a terrible, terrible stomach issues. Oh, yeah. That coincided. Oh, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So since we're already talking about it, yeah. um, your research for this book is chef's kiss. Like, yes. I mean, you've been, I'm going to fuck up their name, by the way. You've been posting all about it on socials. And I have to say, seeing the work on your second novel, we would love to hear the experience you had going to work with the, I'm going to say this wrong, Wabanaki? Wabanaki, Wabanaki. Confederacy. Confederacy. I can't talk. And how they help shape our Ab- the other people that you created in the book, yeah, Abernathy. Abernathy. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No. That um, that was Yours really, are hard. <laughs> that was really okay. really important to me because when when you are building out a world and a universe and mm-hmm. you're you're um, building out a story, you it's it's representation whether you want it to be or not. Yeah. And it was a that was a particular subjectivity that I. Kind of, I didn't want to fuck around with. Right. right? And so mm-hmm. I traveled to Maine and yeah. met with scholars and artists and mm-hmm. talked to them about what the kind of day in the life was mm-hmm. and went to um, like hang out with young folks and older folks and elders mm-hmm. and aunties and uncles to talk a little bit about what their yeah. life was. And there's some instances of things that, of course, that I um, heard or people talked about that I had in the book and with sensitivity readers and with conversations, they're like, hey, this isn't actually your story to discuss. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know what happened to that stuff? It's out. It's gone. Right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't. And, and so I, one of the things like about, yeah, one of the mm-hmm. things that people misunderstand about like doing research and doing um, this type of work is that just going there and like taking a look is, mm-hmm. is, is not enough. Like you're in conversation. Right. Yeah. With the community. And you're right. saying, I'm building this story. Um, it's a love story. I still feel like at its heart, it's a, uh, about these um, two black women who come. Oh, to yeah. Me, right? Oh, it's 100 percent. It is three different stories. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But I but I also want it to be extremely authentic to mm-hmm. to this character who I, I had grown to love. Yeah. And so research becomes the the only way that I feel comfortable building yeah. out an authentic bear and building out bears community as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes complete and, sense. You, you want to, sorry, go ahead. April. When you guys get the book and you go to read it, read her author's note, read Nikki's author's note at the beginning yes, where she please. talks about the sensitivity and the process that you went through. Yeah. Um, and I, I am a big reader of, um, acknowledgements at the end i don't know why i just have since my little kid days of getting a a tape and like opening it up and seeing who the band thanked like i like to read the acknowledgements and you mentioned in there there's a black woman that you that's in maine that you met with as well and i thought i thought that was really cool too because i think maybe i'm wrong in this but i think the assumption can be made that you as a black woman well she can tell that story Right. But you you were not telling your story. You were telling the story of what it would be like to be a black person in Maine. Absolutely. And and one yeah. of the things um I, I say this in my author's note, like I could I could write for a hundred years and not mm-hmm. pin down 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Multifaceted yeah. stories of right. like, black folks in the Americas. I mean, right. you can write a million novels and right. not cover every struggle you have. Exactly. Right. And so to assume that um, the like Native American um, representation required all this research and like the black yeah. representation somehow right. didn't, or right. being a sports person somehow didn't, yeah. it does is, is make all the uh, subjectivities yes. that much smaller, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I think any any person who's doing a creative thing, yeah, um, they have to do the work, and everyone yeah. can always tell when yeah. they haven't. Even mm-hmm. if it's even if you're writing a story, you're a white woman writing a story about a white woman who is a doctor and struggles with anxiety. Mm-hmm. If you didn't do the work, white women doctors who struggle with anxiety will call bullshit on you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know? Okay, can I? I'm gonna intervene for a second. Yeah. April, I don't, don't want to hear shit again about how I hyperfixate on it my research anymore. <sighs> I, I don't want to hear it. I do never complain about you hyper fixating on your research. I complain it's the fact about the that, fact don't finish. that you don't finish everything. <laughs> it's called ADHD. ADHD, baby. ADHD. Uh, I'm just saying I do hyper fixate on my, it is true. I yeah. do hyper fixate. No, I mean, I, I appreciate that research. because I'm I'm a librarian. I have read a lot of really bad books. Yes. I have read a lot of really good books. And I'll tell you that my favorite books are authentic representation that have research in them. Mm-hmm. I also like it when someone's banging. But <laughs> but that isn't I literally read a kid's book recently. Authentic voice. Uh, it's a girl who's autistic. It's written by an autistic author. Mm-hmm. My son is autistic. I saw so much of James in this yeah. character, even though she was writing about an autistic girl yeah. who was diagnosed later because that's more common with girls. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh gosh, there's so much here where she's writing. And then in her author's note, she talked about, I can't write for all autistic people because when yeah. you meet one autistic person, you've met one autistic you've person. One. I was like, brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that the thing about your books is that they read like you did the work. Yeah. And I want I really someone to that. do the work. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I and really appreciate that. Like, honestly, that above anything else is the cultural anthropologist in me just being yeah. at that because you but, left but your heart on the page. But I Definitely feel like, Nikki, we've had discussions on this pod before about other books, especially books that include characters of color to be background characters or um, the, uh, the dreamland billionaires in the second book, the main female character is a black woman. And I'm not sure that there was ever really a conversation that this author had to With figure a black out woman. beyond a stereotype of what yeah. a corporate black, a woman in corporate America, a black woman yeah. in corporate America would be like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating to me. That was my least favorite book in the series because I was like, I feel like there wasn't research in this one. Yeah. The other ones were spot on. Right. I want research. I don't care what you're writing. <laughs> I just, right. Right. Even I if think... you're researching, would this penis fit in this vagina? Because and we, have, tell and you. we have a list of authors, yes. starting with Addison Armstrong. That girl is spectacular oh, with man, research. So good with research. So like, yeah. if you need a list, gang, Hit us up on book besties. But um, I do really feel like I do depth. really feel like we need some authors to be realistic in penis size. Like I yeah. would seriously, not all <laughs> of them are this big with a mushroom cap. Not all of them. I, I honestly, this is where we diverge. I <laughs> literally, 
literally unrealistic penises for the life of me. Like, forever. That's forever. the author in you. And the author in me is always going to be a hammer. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not writing about this. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you know what? More. If he can't, if she can't feel him all the way up through her whole body, I'm not. I don't want it. (laughs) Honestly, put me on your other list of authors to brag about unrealistic dicks because it's always gonna be me. It's I'm always the cool. Okay. I have never read a book to say. Now let me see. Let me see how. In what other ways this man can please her other than de- like I'm never gonna read a book that is just, <laughs> that is not about you I'm don't sorry. want a romance novel where he has a micro penis but he's got a heart of gold yeah it's like what are we doing ladies <laughs> and what are we doing right but couldn't he just be like a regular size like you I, know I don't know right but like. Like, like you don't want that. But like if okay, let's say you're reading. This is you, fantasy for watching, a reason, fuckers. <laughs> like you're watching like Dynasty, or um, uh-huh. or you're watching which Mount variation 20, of Dynasty, right? <laughs> or any of your like daytime TV, and like the women are sitting and having like a just a very reasonable conversation about a man, and then they just they shake hands and say, you know what, we shouldn't fight over men. And then they shake hands and leave. You're just like, I'm not fucking watching this. <laughs> yeah, like, you just, like you just, you turn. Like no one is getting into the thing for a serious <laughs> engagement with how actual adults would, you're there for the slap. You want Joanna to really go You're right. You're you know? right. All, that's all, all I'm saying is. She's right. If you want um, like regular men. If you want realistic sex, you're not getting you it from Nikki Payne. Really that's what the bottom line men, is. I, I, can't, I can't help you. <laughs> okay. you know if you want a giant a- cucumber that you can feel all the way up through your whole body into your throat, then into your then, throat. then Nikki Payne will write that for you. Nikki's okay. <laughs> your girl. It's me. Pick me. Oh okay. my god. <laughs> this is perfect, actually. This is gonna lead into my next question. Yes. Um are stupid millennial asses. Okay. This is a hundred percent a millennial thing. You are showing your age, by the way, ma'am. Yeah. Um, the thing that poor Nora, not only is she's a meme. Yeah. But she has a sex tape. Yeah. That ruined her life. Yeah. Yep. Ruined her life. Um, what brought you to the decision to bring this topic problem to life like it is a major issue not for Mm -hmm. just for our generation but the generations and down like we Mm -hmm. are seeing since kim kardashian and ray j we have had this you know what i mean like since that day uh, that is the day in history for me Mm -hmm. that evidently changed millennial history yeah sex tapes are now a terrible part of our lives yep children are can't get their tits off the internet, asses, yeah. dicks. Everything's out there, guys. Mm-hmm. Forever. Yeah. The internet's forever, children. Forever. Forever, children. So, why choose to add this to your novel? Um, this is this is a this added layer of um of reserve that I wanted. If you've read Sense of Sensibility, mm-hmm. Nora and Yan um come across very differently yeah. um, for very different reasons. And one of the things that I wanted Nora to do 
was to have a real sense of the consequences of like mm-hmm. yeah of actions like yeah yeah right it was not that and even if you think about the heart of sense and sensibility it's called sense and sensibility because mm-hmm. Jane was saying um, Eleanor needs to chill I yeah. mean like Eleanor needs to like. Uh, get, some, her tits. get some D, you yeah. know. And, Calm your tits, bitch. And, and Marianne needs to fucking chill, right? Yeah. So she was literally saying that you cannot be happy on either mm-hmm. side of this mm-hmm. world. And that it was only when the two sisters came like together in their understanding of like, hey, this is what it means to be in this world. You know, you have to have some sense and sensibility. You right. have to have an, like, fight for love and you know, cool, call me fucking tits. Right. <laughs> um, but that's how you do that. I wanted to find a way to to get Nora to the very end of that sense spectrum, mm-hmm. to have her be there and have it naturally kind of come out of what I felt like was our millennial angst is yeah. of, of our mm-hmm. worst moment, of our worst mm-hmm. part of ourselves yeah. being forever memorialized mm-hmm. on yeah. the internet. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. is the the real life of people everywhere. Like if you, your yeah. camera Karens, they're, they're getting fired. And yeah. um, one of the, also the major themes of Jane Austen, particularly of, of Sense and Sensibility is about reputation. It's about, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yep. It is about what people are saying about you mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you don't know it. And if you are yeah. not in control of that, there is something um, that people want to, people want to assume that reputations don't matter. Right. But the mm-hmm. internet is, your entire reputation now yeah. and your entire reputation can be ruined by becoming mm-hmm. a meme, by, be, by having yourself a sex tape. Mm-hmm. Um, it can absolutely um, ruin you. And so yeah. reputations are very real. And, mm-hmm. and when they're broken, the, the consequences are, are still very real today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, so educator hat here, mm-hmm. uh, we have a real problem in schools of kids having sex or sexual contact in the school unfortunately yeah. schools are dirty go do it somewhere else Ugh, yeah. gross i mean they're baby um, too it's nasty y- y- y'all are nasty Knock and it um they uh they're filming it yeah. and it's yep. i've i've actually spoken to students g- girls students who yeah. this has been something that's happened and mm-hmm. then they the boy shares it and yep. it gets around the whole school and she's like, well, now I have a reputation. And I'm like, I want to be like, yeah, of course he shared it. Yeah. And you are the one that looks bad. And yep. that is basically what Nora's story is. Yeah. She's the one that looks bad because it was shared, yep. not her partner who's in it with her. Exactly. It's the her reputation that's tarnished. Gets off scot-free. He does right. move. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but it, it is forever her in it's the her. photo as mm-hmm. she's nasty Nora. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that and goes into that Yeah. Also, if you think about it for someone who wanted to work with children, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. like, perhaps if she wanted another job, mm-hmm. um, then maybe it would, you know, It would have been a big away. deal. It wouldn't have been but so devastating. Someone who, who wanted to be a teacher who wanted to work with youth all the time, it was mm-hmm. to her an immediate non-starter. It yeah. is. It's just, it yeah. changes it, everything. It changes every conversation from then on. And yeah. um, 
it, it, it's an important thing that we don't talk about. And unfortunately, I mean, Molly's absolutely right. Unfortunately, this is happening a lot more to like the, the generation younger yeah. than us or even younger millennials. Cause I'm an elder millennial. Um, but uh, the, the shit that our parents did, that's not on the internet. No one's ever going to know. No, no one's ever going to know the stupid know. stuff that they did. Know. I safely got drunk and nearly died in several cornfields. Yeah. Thanks to the internet, that never happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I mean, now that I said yeah, it. Yeah, because, but... <laughs> I mean, I was going through college and the internet was still relatively new. Yeah. Yeah. But they were talking about, what is this electronic mail when I was in college? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, like, that's how old I am. But now, the younger millennials, the Gen Zers, the alphas, that Molly and my kids are alphas. Yeah. Your kid too, right, Nikki? Yeah, yeah. I, I have a Gen Zer, but I, oh, I have Gen too. alphas too. Yeah, my girls are right Mine on are both the line. Alphas. Mine but, are on the line. Um, but that they don't—they've never grown up without the internet. Without they're—they're yeah. they're desensitized to what yeah. they see. Yeah, and it's so easy yeah. to just pull out your phone. And do it for the likes. Yes. Yes. And, and, and that's that's like destroys you. That's that's the difference. I feel like one of the things that like elder millennials and maybe it's like a blessing and a curse is mm-hmm. because we have one foot in and one foot out of the digital world. We get to watch. Mm-hmm. We, we were always we like watchers. came of age during Instagram where we mm-hmm. were very much there's a very much a distance between your digital self and mm-hmm. your home self. You're just like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm just gonna mm-hmm put this picture up and make a show and right. do this picture and it's for Instagram, do it for the mm-hmm. gram. Right. But I think that wall has dissipated. Like yeah. things like TikTok where authenticity or who you really are mm-hmm. is the, is the story. Yeah. And so like online, like you are who you are and that becomes a real thing in a way yeah. that my mm-hmm. older millennial self says, Oh, that's of course that's online. That's, that's not real. That's fake. Right, you know? right. But for a generation below us and those people, that is that is it. That mm-hmm. is reality. That's reality. That is the reality. Yeah. That, that line has disappeared. It's you know? so yeah. wild. Yeah. Mm. It was a good call to choose that, I think. It because is. Because it is. Yeah, it's everywhere. You, you did yeah. it with Grace, too. It's not like you, you, you made her nasty, Nora, and you, you, you made her this dirty person. You really showed how it not only changed her, but changed her whole fucking life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no spoilers, gang, because we're not going to... But the way it affects Nora. Yeah. It is yeah. very apparent that that character was changed. Yeah. And her sister, you know, pushes on it. And I'm going too far into the story. So I'm going to move on to the next question because yeah. I just... I want to keep talking. We want everyone can't. to read this book. Go read the book and then we'll talk about it after. We'll do a revisit yes. or something, guys. Yes. I don't know what to tell you. So April and I read the digital copy. By the mm-hmm. way, y'all, it is super fucking good. Go pre-order mm-hmm. it on Kindle. Freaking get mm-hmm. pre-order your physical copy. But I am an audiobook girl through and through. Yes. Y'all know that. Um, so my loving, I gotta know who's doing the audiobook. Casey Rogers again. Yay! Casey Rogers again. Welcome back, Casey. She is, she's your voice. She mm-hmm. is my voice. She she's is your voice. So and I don't know how to explain that. She, mm-hmm. she, She's you without being you. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I sometimes feel like she was like over my shoulder while I'm typing going, ha, yeah, say that. Like she mm-hmm. is. I could hear her voice when I was physically reading. Yes. Because I knew her from the last book. Yes. And I was like, 
Oh God, she and I was like ha, laughing at her. I'm like, and oh, you you're need, so funny. And you need an audiobook narrator to get it right. You need yeah. someone that like gets the voice, gets the humor, because yeah. there's so much humor in in your writing too. Yeah. And I think that can be missed. I actually saw a, a TikTok. Kelsey Navarro, who narr- narrates the audiobooks for Olivia Dade, she uh, posted a. It's so easy to be an audiobook narrator, and it was one sentence, and she could change the inflection of every wow. single word, and it changed the meaning of how it was read. And yeah. so it's so important to find a narrator that can read yes. you, you know? That, that gets your voice. It's not yeah. about being mm-hmm. the voice. It's about getting mm-hmm. the voice. Yes. And so mm-hmm. you can tell when an audiobook narrator as a dyslexic queen, <laughs> I am very versed in the audiobook world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, you can tell when the narrator has read it. Yeah. And when they're reading it as they go. Yeah. There is a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So she does the work. And she we does. appreciate it. She does. She's fantastic. I'll be excited to listen to it too because I read I, I I love audiobooks. I I don't have an issue reading the physical book or the audiobook, but I will often go back to my favorite physical books that I read and mm. listen to them because I like to hear yeah. a different voice in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is definitely one I'll go back and listen. Cause she was a great narrator for pride and protest. Oh yeah, my gosh. Great. So good. She was great. I was like, so, Ooh. Mm-hmm. so a major part of this novel is a sibling relationship. Mm-hmm. Are Nora and Yana, I'm saying that wrong. Probably. Yeah. It's like, yeah, my fan. Okay. Uh, Yan, are they inspired by anyone in particular? I found their sibling relationship familiar and fun at the same time. Like I, I know them. I know yeah. these sisters. Yeah. I I would honestly say that um my own sister and me and my own sister are very similar to Nora and Yan. Uh, I'm mm. definitely Yan uh in oh. that <laughs> scenario. Um she has like these things to do and it has to be done in this mm-hmm. particular and precise way. And mm-hmm. somehow like sometimes if you deviate from whatever is in her head, then you're not helping. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, I came from in this experience, even though I know Nora is my main character, I tried to write Yan um, with as much understanding as possible. She was mm-hmm. completely absent and fucking up, but she was yeah. also not, um, appreciated for the types of contributions she actually could make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so right. Nora was often frustrated, but it was she was frustrated because she could only see one way. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you think about it, in the complete end of that, like, did she have to build a thing that she thought she had to build? She mm-hmm. didn't. No. And it was that was one of the first things that her sister said. It's like you don't have to do it this way, right? You know? mm-hmm. And Nora was like, "Nope, I got a plan. We got to execute." It was you know? what was in my mind. I have to do it. We got to do it. Yeah, but I, I think, have a list. You know? I think, um, Yan, I think she's flighty, but she brings the vibes. You know, she, she brings the vibes. Co- that's a contribution Stop. that you need when you're making an N. Like you need a vibe. You need a vibe. And that's honestly, the flighty, Nora but brings the fun. vibes. One. Yeah, <laughs> Nora was happy with the, what Yan actually brought to the interiority yeah. of that place. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, she also brought goats. So. She brought goats. goats. A sustainable. Which, this is the season service. of goats, April. It is yes. the season of goats. A sustainable solution to poison ivy. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's the second uh, book we've read this month that had a, a goat's story. It's goat in it. season. It's goat season. It's goat season. Um, 
there is a big conversation on family dynamics in this book. Yeah. And the comp the complications that come with that. This goes from both your lead characters for Nora mm -hmm. and Bear. Mm -hmm. How did you decide to make these those choices for each character and balance the storyline? Yeah. Um I wanted Nora to um to be constantly striving toward right. this mm -hmm. ideal or idea of perfection and mm -hmm. to have the sense that like if she doesn't execute this thing, then it was somehow going to mean something for her and what she was right. able to do, right? The stakes mm -hmm. were much higher than than even the financial stakes, right? Mm -hmm. They were about what Nora as a person could do. Um, mm -hmm. She was putting her life. She was putting her life on the line there. She really, she quite literally was, right? Mm -hmm. When she was like, no, not a ton of spoilers, but when she's in this situation in the funeral home and she's told yeah. all this information. Um, mm -hmm. They are, they use her background to try to press her into mm -hmm. making this one type of deal. And it's, it's this athleticism in her. It's this competition in her mm -hmm. to say like, you will not make my choices. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. only I will make my choices. And she lets them know in no uncertain terms that she chooses a different way. You and know? you know, and that's true with Bear as well in yeah. this novel. And that's, that, that's what's very similar about them both. Yeah, I, no. I, uh, sorry, I love Taylor Swift. I, I'm, I'm a big. It's Swiftie. the season of her. Yeah, and in that scene, um, at the funeral home, mm -hmm. Nora is embodying the Swifty line. I didn't have it in me to go with Grace because when you told me I fight, uh, you said I was brave. Yeah, and that to me is that was her in that moment. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't go with Grace because yeah. Jan thinks when yeah. I fight, I'm brave. Yeah. Right. My mom thinks when I fight, I'm brave. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, that's the, that yeah. was that moment. She, she had to be Yan looking up at her. Like, I like she was, Yan was waiting for, yeah, I said, Yan. Yan. no, no, you're fine. I Yan kept was, calling her Yanny. So yeah. that's what she I was my, my brain. I was doing Yane, Y-A-N-N, like Renee, Yane. I try. I, I try. I, I'll try to do a better job of that. But it was literally her name is Marianne. Uh -huh. and she was just like, I'm not. I'm yeah. not gonna do the Madonna whore thing. I'm yeah. gonna take Mary completely out. But yeah. she's just yeah. a man, you know. Yeah. So it's just Marianne minus the Mary. <laughs> yeah, I just I tack ease onto people's names. Like my son is Samuel. He's Sammy. You know. Yeah. 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 What yeah. You do. yeah. Um. But so uh, yeah, like Yan was looking up to. Like she could see in that moment mm -hmm. that Yan was waiting for right. the Nora. Be the big sister I know you and, are. To and completely what own the situation. What a true story for every big sister in the world. Mm. Yeah. Where they have to be the pillar when everybody else is crumbling around them. Yeah. 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 There's a whole Encanto song about that. Um, I I don't know, Molly, if there's a question about this in your notes. And so I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead. But I just had a thought. Um, the, the running... For me, yeah. I am not a runner. Do not put me down for cardio. If I'm yeah. running, you better run too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Disaster. Um, but to me, I think, and I don't even know, maybe this isn't even all English nerdy. But to me, there was a symbolism that they were both running for their lives more than just running for the athleticism. I feel like this was like them. Okay. April, racing to a never get a teacher bag right now. Like <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off, but like come on, sis. you're doing it. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. funny you say that because John Green says that English teachers ruin his books. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't care that it made it red. That was just the color that came to my mind. And I'm like, oh. 
I, I I find myself being very intentional on mm. on those things. You know, we know. I, it's I rare. We know. There's a ton of sports that they could have both participated in. That they yeah. could have both participated in together. Yeah. Yeah. That to me. Running is a solitary sport. You can run on a team, but it is a solitary sport. They both picked a sport that was solitary and yet chose to do it together. Pretty consistently. Pretty consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump into the questions again. English teachery there. Let's jump into the questions again before we start doing spoilers again. Mm -hmm. Don't dive into spoilers. Um, I don't think that was a spoiler. No, 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 she's a runner. No, I think okay. before I start, before I start rambling, yeah, yeah you spoilers because I want to start talking and I can't start talking. Yeah, yeah. so good just call, like, Molly. yeah. Why do you think I'm like <laughs> have this episode? So just like with Pride and Protest, seriously, me reading a book where I can't talk about spoilers is stupid. Yeah. Uh, this book is inspired by a classic. Duh. If you're just figuring this out, where the fuck have you been? But right. including mm-hmm. some open door spice. What was the process of writing those scenes for you like? Because you are taking something that is classic literature mm-hmm. and you're flipping it on its head, making yeah. it a spicy open door romance. Yeah. So what was that process like for you? Uh, fun, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that research was fantastic. Yeah, do you that have to do it. research for that part too? <laughs> Actually, I, I think um, you want to write this, you want to write the, the spice, but you also like... You want this open door intimacy to be yeah. absolutely, um, absolutely about them, mm-hmm. right? So there is a scene within their, you know, point of when they're getting intimate where, um, where like hair is touched, right? Yeah. Get, you know, but like mm-hmm. this is a scene that is uniquely, mm-hmm. that is uniquely Baron Nora. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of what that means to him. Yeah, and what it means to her. What it means to her to yeah. care for someone, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. this was that was also like a very interesting like point of cultural confluence about yes. like what it means in Black communities and Native communities for well, someone to, to do your hair. You gave them intimacy in those moments yeah. where we didn't norm we don't normally get intimacy in novels. Yeah. Yeah. So you were giving intimacy without giving us sex, yeah. which is and, and really thing, hard to do for an author. And that's the thing to do. And that that that's that's why I prefer romance novels yeah. to um, erotica. Yeah. Because I want intimacy in the little things, not yeah. just in the sex. Yeah, I you- want there to be an intimacy in the relationship. I don't yeah. want them just fucking. Yeah. Um and yeah. uh yeah, you they have an intimacy. They have an intimacy in that she keeps tums on her. Yes, in her fanny pack. That is an intentional thing that she does for him. Sorry, I don't want to give spoilers, but oh yes, my gosh, Nikki, yes, okay. book. Okay. Next question, next question, next question. Next question. No, 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 but, but that, that, that's actually like an Im- important aspect of like what he, what he has been missing yeah. all his life. It mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. we talk about the symbolism, like the, that care that he yeah. absolutely feels yeah. like he doesn't need and argues all the time that he doesn't need that care. And that care is a multi-pronged thing in this book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not just one thing. It's not just sex. There is, it's multi-pronged. And it's on both sides because she doesn't need anyone either, but who makes her green smoothies every day? Every day when she only had mac and cheese. Mm -mm. You know? Yeah. Who puts too much cinnamon in them every single time? (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's care there. There's care there. 
There is so many quotable lines in this novel. April and I kept texting back and forth in the group. Yes, we did. The group chat was full of giggles. <laughs> um, like, How far are you? Because I have to tell you something. <laughs> um, tell me yours and I'll tell you mine. Do you have a favorite line, Nikki? Oh, like, do I have a favorite line? Yeah. Okay, look, let me. There's so many. Okay, so it, the one, there's two that were really big for me. Plantain pants. <laughs> yes, plantain pants. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hashtag burial. Mm. Oh, hashtag, hashtag burial. burial. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm. Those burial. two. There's a couple more, but those two, I was just like plantain pants. I read that and I was just like at work and I was the color of April's lipstick. Yes. Reading my tap, reading my Kindle, eating my salad going. Yeah. The first time I laughed out loud, I think it was the first time reading this one. Um, was when they go to check into the roadside motel yeah, and the, the owner or manager or whatever, he goes through the list of rules and it's like, no pets, no this, no weed. And, no reefer. He's yeah, yeah, a reefer because he's and, an old white man. John <laughs> goes, we can do two out of three. And, like, <laughs> like, and you don't know from Yan which two. Like, she is so authentically herself the whole time. You know what yeah. I mean? She's she's, I just, with, she's like, we'll do two out of three. Don't worry about it. It's I like, vibe with that amazing. girl so hard this and whole like, book. Also, like, like the way that they were acting in that in that really shitty motel, like that was one of the things that like made Bear realize like they were such fish out of water. Yeah, uh -huh. asking about a pool, asking about turn down right. service, and he was like, right. you have no idea, no idea where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes to more of the, you know, the wealth. I don't even think that at the start of this book that I really realized how well, how much they came from wealth until mm -hmm. that moment. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, this family is very wealthy because she works as a, a, a as a pharmacy tech. Right. Yeah. Out of spite. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Someone has done this in real life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she like but it's it's not because she has to. It's it's yeah. the same thing about like when when she was at the funeral home. Yeah. The same aspect of her that's like yeah. you are not going to It's that level of defiance. You are not it's changing. Defiance. She's yeah. still cashing the, the checks. He's still not talking to her, right? Mm -hmm. But she turned in her very, very expensive car yeah. for, for a regular one and is a way to say, like, I don't need you, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't, I feel like it was a gesture more yeah. than, like, I need this job. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. That's yeah. not how I read it initially. And then yeah. when I got there, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what this is. Like, <laughs> yeah. she, was, she was absolutely trying to prove that she mm -hmm. didn't. Need that. Yeah. But on, on some level, you know, like when, when Bear mentions the purchases that she's making, they're mm -hmm. subconscious things. So one of the things when we talk about like POV, mm -hmm. it's like, I never wanted Nora in her own POV to feel that she is a wealthy woman. Yeah. Right? Right. That she came from wealth. Right. right? But it is only in Bear's POV or when other people are talking about her, mm -hmm. do you realize these, like when she goes to run with the kids. Right. You know? And they're talking or, about her wardrobe. And they're yeah. talking about everything that she has on and how she it doesn't um, register to her how right. expensive everything she has on is. Right. right? When Lou sees her and starts mm -hmm. to case her whole house. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. 
Lou knows the price tag of everything. Everything, baby. Lou knows what everything costs. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I never wanted it to be a natural part of Nora's POV. No. Mm -hmm. Because Um, it's not. Because it's never know. It was was her life. It was her life. It was her life. But everyone it's around so much her, easier like, to see the flaws in other people than in yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. All of Bear's family and friends noticed that his. Um, this is such a small little detail. Yeah. Noticed that his Jordans were yeah. new and increased, mm-hmm. and yeah. when Nora noticed his shoes, she absolutely said nondescript Jordans. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. As yeah. in, like they, two they, different they, point of views. They two barely made a blip, but mm-hmm. Bear was like going all out. You know yeah. What yeah. Mean? Yeah, yeah. Two different point of views. Nora and Bear have a very special way of communicating through music, movie, and sports. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly sports. This is a multi-pronged question. Mm -hmm. Um, So first, I need to know if you have beef with MJ. Look, okay, this is, this is, comes from my- Do you have beef with MJ? This is my very real experience. Okay, now, um, my husband is- This MJ will get upset. Okay. (laughs) My husband is a Michael Jordan, just stand to the oh. end. To the end. Oh, and so he gets he, under your skin when he, he talks. To play basketball. I'm just tired of fucking hearing about him. Yeah. He's, <laughs> no, he used to play basketball. He's just, and we um, watched that Last Dance documentary oh, yeah. probably 100 times. Oh, and God. one of the things that, that kept <laughs> popping out to me Seriously, from that Last husband? Dance documentary is how terrible a person yeah michael jordan was yeah he wasn't a good human he wasn't a good human he wasn't and the a reason good why it's not that Nora thinks that michael jordan can't play basketball right uh-huh. but she prefers lebron james because yeah. he is like a good human he's a good human <laughs> and he's good at basketball oh, and I, so like, mm. yeah so they have this tension even like in these small moments when he's mm-hmm. calling something the greatest of all time like michael jordan yeah and she wants to go uh you know <laughs> and he's just yeah. like don't we're not having this conversation right now. So, like, so, that is their beef from the beginning. So, um, I am not a basketball fan, mm-hmm. but I'm from Ohio. So, uh, uh, um, I uh, I grew up an hour and a half from Cleveland. Yeah. And um, so, I I, I got to pick MJ over uh, LeBron. Oh, yes. Because, I mean, it was the Miami Conference, right? Yep. He left to get that ring. Yes. And he didn't get it until he came back to Cleveland. <laughs> Okay, honestly, okay, I love that we're getting into this because that is a major theme of the book is allowing yourself to be a villain, to move in a a different direction against what everyone else wants for you. Yeah, Yeah, but he was dead to me when he left. (laughs) I was rooting for him when he was in Akron and I was in college and he was playing and killing it and the There's you, a line. you know drafted into the Cavs and yeah. or not even drafted they just like hired him they, and, they're just like it's you there's nobody it's else there's a you. movie line coming to my mind that's like i was rooting through yeah i was rooting for you yeah. oh it's the yeah. it's, it's the tyra it's tyra, tyra. Yeah. it's tyra yeah, yeah. yeah. oh okay yeah. so favorite but, sports movie but then. he went to miami so he went he went to miami and he was he was the villain but he yeah. also had a better infrastructure and a better team, and he was able to like actually dominate. Don't, the what a traitor, though! You don't, <laughs> don't abandon your, don't abandon Ohio. <laughs> Says See, the Browns fan. I lo- that's exactly why that like that that like controversial discussion around mm-hmm. like what makes someone a champion. 
yeah. and yeah. what makes someone um, decide to to make those moves. Well, I feel like it was so good for them to have that disagreement yeah. and to mm-hmm. agree on, oh, we shouldn't do this. Remember, remember how LeBron face planted right yeah. now, like with but. The- then LeBron came back to Cleveland and yeah. the year my son was born was the yeah. year they won the national championship yeah. and they were giving out onesies in the hospitals. All the babies had onesies that said um, all in and it yeah. had Cleveland calves on it. Mm-hmm. And so I, Sam was actually born the day before the national championship of which they won. Wow. And I was just hoping that his onesie wouldn't be bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even like basketball. I love football I and I love baseball. I don't care about basketball. I like hockey too, but b- basketball has never really been my thing. But he needed to come back and win in Cleveland. Like we yeah. needed a win, honestly. And and he did. He yeah. did. Like he. I think he like. He he had to like understand what it meant to like kind of work in a different team, work in a different mm-hmm. uh, dynamic. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's like that's the heart of their yeah a, a big theme of yeah. their relationship. Yeah, is like, absolutely. How do you move forward? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the actual goal here? The championship yeah. or getting yourself in an environment to win? Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Yeah. So now I have to ask, favorite sports movie? Oh, it, it is actually Mighty Ducks. Is it? <laughs> Mind it you, is actually great. Mighty Same. Ducks. Same, because you're a millennial. <laughs> You have too. My um, favorite sports movie is A League of Their Own. Oh, oh it's so that good. is so good. I I I'm a huge in general. I like Tom Hanks anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played softball for ten years. So I have a theory about him, but I'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> if it's nothing, if it's not good, I don't, I don't have anything nice it. to say about it. Um, and then finally, is there a magic playlist? He's America's sweetheart, Molly. He's America's sweetheart. We'll talk about it later. I don't want to talk about it later. I don't want to talk about Fine. it at all. Fine. You want to hear my theory? No, I don't. I don't want to hear it at all. Well, it's either on or off pod. You want it on the record or not? Just go on to the next question. Okay. And finally, for this part of this question. Yes. Is there a major magical playlist? Oh, there is a playlist. Oh, there is a playlist. And it includes um, Freaking You by Jodeci. Yeah. Okay. I was. I, I heard that and I was like, oh, Oh, yeah. I know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like this is this is one of the gags that yeah. Dan is just like, can you be so fucking for real right mm-hmm. now? Because yeah. she's she's looking at the playlist, mm-hmm. you know, at their cool down playlist. And, and y'all aren't fucking. Give me a break. Yeah, and she was just like, I'm sorry, Joe. It's the right tempo. <laughs> yeah, she was just like, this is the right tempo for cool downs, and she was just like, like please, mm-hmm. like be for real. Mm-hmm. No one puts freaking you on a playlist unless. <laughs> It is that. Yeah. And, I, and so, yeah. I mean, they were both they were both kidding themselves. So, are mm. you going to be releasing the Magical Playlist? Ooh, maybe I should. Maybe I should. Yes, you should. I yeah. would die. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm sure people are going to be asking for it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of, like, 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. Slutty rock, you know? Yeah. I like to call, like, when I say, like, slutty rock, I'm like... Like you know, they, like the men dress like whores. I know what yeah, you mean. They dress like whores, but they're also like talking about whores a lot. You know, yeah. What I mean? So like, we don't know if they're the prostitutes or they're talking about prostitutes. Yeah, yes. somebody's a prostitute. Yeah. Just imagine, yeah. like someone's getting fucked tonight. Aerosmith, Ragdoll, Cena in the movies, mm-hmm. Hot Tramp, Daddy's Little Cutie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like that is absolutely it's that. You Look, know, an episode where I didn't sing, but there's still music in the episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
I called her out on it, and then I sang this episode too. <laughs> oh yeah, are we, are we not supposed to sing? Let me know. No, no, no. no, no. It's totally I, fine. Molly it, just sings too much. I yeah. sing a lot because I do word association, yeah. and then I ADHD off. baby. That's what's ADHD. going on. <laughs> um, Nikki. You are a sneaky sneaker girl, and you didn't mm. think we were going to notice? Ah. Ah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The Bennett sisters. Oh. Oh. And, uh. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Should no we not talk gang. about that? Should we not talk about that? Oh. I don't. Look. Look. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. You're sneaky. You know what you did. I know what I did. <laughs> Moving forward. I texted Molly. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we'll leave did. that out. The, yeah. So you guys go read it and you'll see what you'll, we're talking yep, about. Yep. We're not going to go anything else. Yeah. Um, this is a more serious one. You somehow balanced two cultures into one book. Mm-hmm. That must have been so difficult. Yeah. There is a conversation about the African-American experience in places like Bar Harbor. Yeah. And I don't want to take away from that conversation, mm-hmm. but I do want to talk about how you brought sickle cell into this book so seamlessly. Yeah. You can sh- can you share with us why you included sickle cell in this story? I have yeah. two facts. Sickle yeah. cell disease affects one in five hundred African American women. Mm-hmm. Approximately three hundred thousand infants are born with it annually. Yeah, wow, it's awful. Okay, so please, we would love to. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why um, I included sickle cell anemia is that one, it's, it's a misunderstood disease. Yeah. But mm-hmm. also, it relies on an extreme amount of cultural competency by like the local doctors and medical mm-hmm. community, right? Um, to understand precisely how to manage it. Right. So one of the things you see when um, when Yan is first sick was this kind of scambling. Yeah. And this sense of like we actually oh, don't shit. have the tools for yeah. the diet, right? And when um, when she has a larger attack, they absolutely know that yeah. they're not in a safe space, you know, mm-hmm. to get her the type of care that she needs. Yeah. And that's one of the things, like the 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 aspects, particularly of being uh, African American in Maine, is that where do you go if you're in a rural right. area? Where do you go right. for what do you do? How, very, do you, how do you? Yeah. For very precise type of care, and what do you do, right. and and what are your options? And they literally they had they had the one right, yeah. And that's just let's go to the largest city and let's let's um, yeah. And, and you shouldn't have to. Yeah, you right. shouldn't be hoping right. and praying you can get treatment for no. an illness that affects so many yeah. people. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Th- this is the second book that we've read for Pod where a, a main character has had sickle cell yeah. and I didn't understand it. I, I mean, I didn't understand what it was yeah. until mm-hmm. we read that first book. And then I asked Katie if she could basically send us some good yeah. articles where we could get some research. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it sounds incredibly painful. Yeah. It is incredibly it, it, painful. Incredibly it painful. Like- and, um, and, and it, it disproportionately affects yeah, and it disproportionately affects more Black people than yeah. it does any other ethnicity, yeah. and so I feel like it's not talked about, yeah. and and maybe it's because you know I don't personally know anyone yeah. with it, but it it doesn't seem like that conversation comes up enough. 
Yeah. And the research is something that is so incredibly painful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you think about it and like not to get like, like too deep into like medical anthropology, when you Mm -hmm. also combine that. We'll take it though. We love that shit. (laughs) You also combine that with the fact that like women and black mm-hmm. folks like pain is rarely believed. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. yeah. I can go into They're... a doctor's office and say like my elbow, my body, et cetera, and like not be it's your uterus. Any medications. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or black people can go in and like not be believed for the mm-hmm. amount of pain that they're oh, yeah. in. Like if you combine that well, with it was lore for a long time with doctors that y'all had a higher pain tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a real fact, and it was it's not like an ancient fact from the 1800s. It no, it was like, like the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> and the so 80s. when you combine those those like terrible statistics with the way mm-hmm. women and black people in in particular um, are treated when it comes to pain, like having mm-hmm. sale um, in this space mm-hmm. becomes like that much more like how necessary it, it was yeah. that we had an advocate, and how necessary yeah. it was that. There was someone there to say, remember this, remember mm-hmm. to talk about this and why she was desperate, why Nora is very prideful, mm-hmm. but in a desperate moment, like mm-hmm. called her Everyone. father's family. You yeah. Know? Right. To say, look, tell us where to go and, and what to do, you know? Right. And, and I mean, that was a life. huge moment for her to have to do that too. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's still, that conversation is still, um, lacking in the medical world mm-hmm. because even today 2024 yeah um black women die during childbirth yes more than other yeah. women yeah. other ethnicities and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the the judgment of pain is not um evaluated the same you are exactly right and um Bullshit. there's actually um I don't know exactly what it's called, but there's like a scale in which they'll allow someone to have a VBAC Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. there's a different scale depending on your skin color. And so someone like me who was incredibly high risk to have a VBAC Mm -hmm. vaginal birth after C-section, I was still being encouraged to do it. Whereas other women, black women Mm -hmm. would be discouraged who had less of a risk than I did. Yes. And this is the medical communities. This is what they are using to document. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and it's the wildly acceptable thing. And not only that, it, it, the, the insidious thing about um, those types of things is that they are given this era of like medical science and neutrality, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's given the right. given the sense of like, this is just the science. Right. And, and like those, um, ideas of like science are incredibly uh, culturally coded yeah, mm-hmm. like, uh, and bound up with a lot of racist notions about mm-hmm. what is medically like just yeah. to give you an example here. Uh, sorry if we're getting way off topic. Nope. No, like, this is, this is on topic. Like and 18, we're interested. I think it was like 18 um, in the 1850s. You can look mm-hmm. this up. This was a real medical journal. There was a medical disorder affecting mm-hmm black folk and it was called drapetomania please google it it is literally um the medical condition of an enslaved person wanting to be free right? jesus christ a pathologized like and what guess what the cure was for drapetomania probably not freedom <laughs> it's not freedom it was it's probably a bullet a to the brain unfortunately cutting off a limb cutting off a limb is the cure so when we that's just gonna like, encourage just 
this, you know. Right. So like when we think about like medical knowledge as being neutral and free of, of cultural biases, it's absolutely not. No, because the people who are driving the medical community and the medical knowledge are the people who are doing the medicine. And historically that has been white men. Oh. Um, there, I mean, there's Molly and I read a book. It's, it's a, it's a, a horror book so it's not you know accurate but it's historical and it talks about how women were um getting i can't even remember what the disease was called but all these women were getting this uh post pregnancy uh infection oh, the, 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 the the fever the, the yes rush because and, the, and the reason were... was because the doctors weren't washing their hands uh. it wasn't because these women were sick and there was something wrong with him. It was because doctors were literally spreading this. And, and, and Molly can speak to this from a personal level of how the military treats women um, when it comes to their medical care. Yeah. Everything, everything is related to the fact that they are women and have uteruses and they have hormones and there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. You just have your, your woman. Um, and when- that's, that's awful. Like we need medicine to catch up. When I first started showing signs of my autoimmune disease, it was a migraine. Mm -hmm. And it was really severe. You remember my migraines. They were awful, Mm -hmm. April. Debilitating. Like, she was out. Um, Like, in bed. Like, this was not happening, which Mm -hmm. is really weird for me. And um, they would force me. They made me get off birth control, which was fine because I didn't need to be on it. But they would force me to drive myself because Matt wasn't allowed on base. Mm -hmm. Myself two base to get a shot to get rid of the migraine. Mm. They wouldn't give me the medicine or the injection needles because I might use drugs. Yeah. They also wouldn't actually test her for anything beyond you have, you're a woman. So this is your hormones. Wow. Yeah. So she had an autoimmune disease and it went undiagnosed until she got out. I mean, which is, and they still, well, it, mm. yeah. we'll talk about the VA so, at another time. So, mm. so that, that, I think that that's so interesting that you chose to put that in here because I think people see the medical world as, oh, well, they take an oath. They, yeah. they do yeah. no harm. They see all people the same, right? Regardless of religion or sexual orientation or color, but they don't. Because they're literally writing textbooks that say this is the threshold, so that's yep. not equal. That is not right. equal. Yep, we got it. I mean that that's it, it's perfect the way you say that, and that's it's why um, that that moment represents such a crisis for them. Yep, mm-hmm. and and how it also kind of is the sunsetting of any hope of yeah. them, yeah, like kind of winning the day. Yeah, you know? and and it's also Nora having to throw herself on the mercy. Of, mm-hmm. um, the I guess it's not really her stepmom, but that's the best way I could think of to say it. Yeah. It's the her other mom, to, yeah, her throw herself on that mercy because yeah. all she can think about in that moment is I need to make this better for my sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was this is more this important. is there's two ways, right? There's urgent and emergent. Yeah. We were beyond urgency. We're yeah. in an yeah. emergent situation. She yeah. needs help now. Now. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh. Yeah, that that was a true like sister moment there. Yeah, in that, yeah, and that was true. Yeah, um, and then we have another character who also we haven't talked about him. No, I was getting to that next. Sorry, uh, that's okay. Good transition. So yeah, um, <laughs> Bear is dealing with a battle that it plagues all natives across our nation. Unfortunately, 
they're fighting to keep what's theirs. Yeah, what yeah. little they have left is theirs. He's currently sovereignty. Right. And and we're seeing this up north in um the northwest with mm-hmm. um the natives in Washington and North Dakota and South Dakota where they're trying to build the pipelines on their very small yep. amounts of land. Uh he's one of very few that are actually trying to prevent this evil thing from happening. Right. Like everyone in his community is just like, get over it. What was that like? Kind of, kind of not to like, um, like make it like the community didn't care. The organization was absolutely putting the screws right. to everyone in the community. Every, they, had, they were really running out of options. Yeah. It wasn't like this. Everyone understood that it was important, but mm-hmm. everyone had, was pressed kind of up against this, wall and that's mm-hmm. that's actually how a lot of like black farmers where their yeah. um, land was taken away like it's not that they're just like oh this is let's just take this money right mm-hmm. we don't care about uh generational wealth that wasn't the situation no. like they'd raise the taxes in the area yeah. and things that's exactly how gentrification happens yep. it makes it presses you against the wall so selling you. is your only option so that's mm-hmm. not to say that the community was um somehow didn't understand how important that is. They their backs were against the wall too. Right. And so was Bears, right? right? And um and he knew that he was in this kind of privileged position to have this trust to rely yeah. on, you know? And that that could give him just a couple of more years freedom of being yeah, of being uh keeping afloat and he could give all that money um into this cause and that would keep them kind of treading water for a right. few years. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Um so two more questions. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Remind me the name of the accountant. Brandon. Brandon. That's mm-hmm. the other person that I was thinking of. Oh, I love I love him. He has a he has a totally he has a totally different perspective on everything that's happening. He because does. his job is not a job that you think of black men being in either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like a lot of what's going on with him, he's like culturally fluid. Yeah. I don't even know yeah. if I can say that. Like his best friend is Bear, who's Native yeah. American. Yeah. Um, he's doing a job that we don't think, oh, you know, I'm not saying that there are no black men who are accountants, but like, is that the first job that comes to mind? When right. I think of an accountant, I think of a, a white guy with glasses and super nerdy. Like that's yeah. what I picture. Right. And that's, that's exactly like when we think about like our cultural pictures of like who is in, who is in these positions, even like a romance heroine. Oftentimes mm-hmm. you think of someone who looks like Jolene, you know, yeah. flame and locks of auburn hair and Irish yeah. hair, you know. Jolene, Jolene. <laughs> Join, join. And so, yeah, so it, it matters to like place these bodies right into these yeah. positions. Mm-hmm. A, yeah. a, a nervous, straightforward, twitchy CPA, yeah. who is very, very orderly, is mm-hmm. a, a black man. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I love him. He's like love, one of oh, my favorite characters in I, the whole book. I absolutely He's love him. understated. If you decided and I can't to do a spinoff of this and just about him, I, I want to be in his brain. Even if he wrote so me like a chapter from his brain. <laughs> I have gotten so many comments of just like, please, Brandon and Yan, please. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I, I mean, I would do with just a, a chapter of like what's going on in his brain because yeah. he's so amazing. Just a bonus chapter online of right. his like POV of just yeah. watching everything. I oh would, my God. yeah. Of like, but he has so much like distance 
And so like, I bet like the content in that man's head is hilarious. Yes. Because he's so quiet on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know very well he's like, these motherfuckers are so yes. damn stupid. Yes. <laughs> he reads Bear for Fields. He reads yep. Nora, like, completely. Yeah. You know what I mean? He even reads Yan. A yeah, little bit. he knows. I kept picturing, do you know the, the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. Nine-Nine? Okay. To me, Brandon was Captain Holt, but like yeah, a younger Captain version. Holt. Yes. He was 100% that guy. Like, I just figured he would, like, he just says things that are, like, at an even tone, and it's all straight shooting, and, yeah. like, <laughs> that was all I could picture. Do you know who I pictured? Do you watch um, The Good Place? Yes. yes. Like, Chidi. Oh, yes! yes! Cheaty! Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Like just with the glass. The anxiety and the little bit of anxiety mm-hmm. yeah. and the just, yeah. um, you guys don't seem to understand what yeah, exactly. you're dealing with right here. Yeah. And why aren't you paying attention? Because yeah. this is really important. Yeah. And that just like, 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 everything is just a little bit more tense. Yes, like, I could totally see Cheaty, but to me, I needed him to, like, he, he was bigger to me. Like, bigger. He was, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. He just seemed like when he's in a room, like, I just felt like he was like a big guy. Like, he, yeah. his presence, like, I but could his... see, like, little Jan and yeah. big, big Brandon. Yeah. But Brandon is a big presence in his personality, I yeah. feel like, more mm-hmm. than anything else. But he's so understated. And I don't know how to explain that yeah. other mm-hmm. than that word. Like, understated. And I don't mean it in a negative tone. Yeah. It's yeah. just, he's subtle. He's he knows who he subtle. is. He knows who and he a, is. In a book where a lot of people don't know who they are, Brandon knows who he is. Brandon mm-hmm. knows who he is. He knows what he wants from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, like one of my favorite lines that that bear when you were going to ask me what my um what my favorite lines are, they're mostly Brandon's. Yeah. And when Yan accuses him of just like fighting for the capitalist agenda, yeah. he was just like you're the capitalist. <laughs> you're the agenda. He's and like, he was like, how? Who dare? You know? He's like <laughs> clutching his pearls. Yeah, yeah. Like these moments. Also, when when he uh, cajoled Bear into like not into living his life, and he's mm-hmm. drunk, and he just starts singing "Return of the Mac." Yeah, <laughs> like, He just starts screaming that song, and I'm like, he knows. Knows Bear needs to get back to you know, but we all have that friend, right? Yeah. Who is tired of listening to your shit tired and doesn't that. want to hear anything, so they just start singing over you. Yeah, I'm yes. that friend. Yes, I'm that friend. Yes. Don't encourage her. Um, so I'm so glad we're talking about the characters at near here, near the end. Your character art. Oh, it's so- oh my god! It's, if you have not seen it, guys, I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. Go it. look at her. Instagram, her, I believe it's on her Facebook. It's, it's everywhere. There. It's everywhere. Just go look at the fucking character art. Who did it? It is so spectacular. Yes. Cam. His name is Cam, Space Jam Cam. That is not a coincidence. Okay. Um, he I'm is, writing this down. Space yes. Cam, Jam Cam. Um, he is a um, native, black and native artist. Mm. Um, and he is fa- absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Okay, it was a different person that did this art, though. Oh no, oh, no the the person who did the line drawings is still the same. Natalia. No, I meant, did you have the same artist for Pride and Protest, or was it a different artist? No, 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 no. So when we say character art, uh-huh. I was thinking of like the the, the, so, one, the ones the, on socials. I'm talking. Yeah, no, that's own. what I meant. That's what I oh, meant. No, different person, different okay. person. Okay, okay, gotcha. Different person. I just uh, wanted like an oil painting look, but the mm. person who did line drawings, the Costa Rican mm. artist. 
um, mm-hmm. Natalia, and she is fantastic. Yeah, they're beautiful. Well, it's all beautiful. The the, the art that's on Instagram—that's your characters. Oh. I'm—I was blown away. The only yeah. one that I was like, oh, that's not how I pictured him was Brandon. All the other yeah. ones, I was like, yes, this is spot on. Exactly how I pictured mm-hmm. this character. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you described Jan as like her Lisa Bonet hair. And I'm like, uh, yeah. that's exactly how I just, yeah. like, I felt like that was who she was the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah. For me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jan is like, she's, she's, she's fun. I also wanted to like write this thick character. Like one of the mm-hmm. things about like what I find a difference in, in the way like um, white writers write, um, write, like fat women and the way black mm-hmm. writers write fat women mm-hmm. is that like sometimes what frustrates me sometimes is the like their their weight or their fatness like being in the mm-hmm. Olivia Day absolutely doesn't do this she's a queen mm-hmm. for this is like their weight like being in the plot you know mm-hmm. what I mean or like somehow uh, what what yeah. it's about mm-hmm. when like you don't take for granted that this woman in this body is inherently sexy yeah you know what I mean? that this woman that is in this body. She's a sexual being. Absolutely fucks. Right. right? You know what I mean? Right. And so like, that's one of the things that I wanted for, for Yan, who is this like thick woman, but like mm-hmm. her sexuality and her desirability is never. never but it wasn't, it, never it wasn't, but it wasn't her personality. Everybody right. falls for her instantly. Yeah. All, all the time. Because all that's the- how she carries herself. Right. She carries herself like she's eminently desirable because she because is. She is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, since you mentioned Olivia Day, that's the reason that I like her books because it was the first time that I had seen myself in a book. Um, and spoiler alert, which we read mm-hmm. gosh, last season? season two or three. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. I don't know. I'll look. It was like two or three. Um, the main character's name is April. Mm-hmm. She has red hair. Mm-hmm. It was weird. She's big. I'm not going to lie. I had a hard time separating reality oh, <laughs> from the fiction oh, that she was writing. Oh, that was so good. So good, so good. That whole series is like I've read. All actually, the third the third book in that series, Shipwrecked, was my favorite of them. Shipwrecked, and then she had a plus size male as a, as well. In yes, that one. yes. Spoiler alert! Season three. Season three. I was right. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think that we don't. <laughs> You don't see big women as being the sexual beings, but I mean, my hawk's back. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, or or it's just like sexy in spite of, or mm-hmm. yeah, know? yes, yes. Hot girl takes glasses off. Turns out she's hot. Exactly. You know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. So last question. All right. Hit us with all the things. Mm. Tours, signings. What's going on? Also, what are you writing? Oh, I'll answer the what are you writing first. Mm-hmm. I am currently writing a murder mystery with a detective you may actually recognize from earlier books um, with a Ghanaian um, heroine who's also thick and fine as fuck. And that's not ever in question. You know what I mean? Just... Um, I love a good murder mystery. Are you telling me this is a spicy murder mystery? It is a murder mystery that absolutely fucks. With a a big with a big leg like in black communities we call them like big, bring those big legs over here. Like just a thick ass woman. Thick and thick. Thick with two C's. Yeah. Just fine unequivocally. Nice. Yeah. So um no, tour? 
is there a publication date for that one or that's still in the works? That's I'm, I'm writing it now. You're writing. Okay. Yeah. Publication date is, you know, TBD, but yeah. Okay. It, Cause I was going to go on Amazon and pre-order it. No, no, no. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely happening. Let us know if you need beta. We'll hit your girls up when, when it's ready. <laughs> you know where, we, you know where to find us love. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, socials. Um, I am Nikki Payne books on Instagram. That's where I feel mm-hmm. like I'm the most active. Yeah. Nikki Payne writes on TikTok. Yes. Nikki Payne books I'll on. Put all those Twitter. in the diddly doos yeah. gang. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So tour, tour, tour. I am touring. Okay. So here's where I'll be this week of the 12th. I'm going to be in so many places. First, I'm going to launch with East city books. I love um, fucking East city books. They're spectacular. So Tuesday at seven, be there, be square. It's going to be swag. It's going to be gifts. It's going to be great. We're going to just a- come. Maybe I'll just come. Just Fuck work. Come. Fuck just work. Come. Cause I'm just giving away all kinds of nonsense. Um, oh, my daughter is still obsessed with the gibbet she gave you. She every time she wears her shoes, she goes, "This, this is that. That's from an author. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah. real author." <laughs> I'm just I'm giving away all kinds of nonsense. Um, and I'm also going to be at the Bowie Barnes and Noble on February 15th, and then I'm going to be at People's Books in Tacoma on the 17th, and then I'm going to be in Atlanta for Love Y'all. Fest, so fun that weekend of the 17th and 18th, and then I'm back hitting the bricks with Park City Books on the 21st. Girl, I know. And then for just for funsies, I'm going to be at the Rip Bodice on the 23rd in Brooklyn. So we're gonna have a that's time. gonna be fun. Oh, it's gonna be great. The Rip Bodice is that. like the place I've yeah, heard for really romance is. readers. Yeah. Okay, so, sorry. Can I ask one more question? I know we've gone way over your time. Um, Did you want to talk any about uh, the BIPOC challenge from 23 and 23? Oh, yes. Since you were one of the the authors that was leading that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, um, last year we challenged folks to read, like, in their enormous TBRs, Mm -hmm. to take, um, you know, 2023 and find and read 23 books by BIPOC people about BIPOC folks. And that went off really, really well. And we'll probably be launching that again, probably around the same time of the Annapolis Book Sign Festival. us up. We'll help around, you out. Yes. Like um, a Polycon, we'll probably be launching that again, just to challenge people. And what it does, like more than anything, is it um, creates some some level of um, of understanding. You, you're even able to kind of look at your own list to say like, mm-hmm. hey, now um, what gets notice kind of gets what gets measured gets kind of understood and so just having you look at your tbr to say okay what does this look like what am i actually reading right Um, challenging yourself to say like um what other types of stories could i be um, interested in so yeah yeah Uh, for me as a children's librarian like i said that has been trying to encourage diversity in in literature for kids in all literature, but I'll have Molly put this below, but uh, we need diverse books. That's an organization that is pushing mm-hmm. for exactly what their, their mission is their name. We need diverse books. Yeah. Um, I read uh, a lot of books as, as a children's librarian. Um, and I prefer to read authentic voice mm-hmm. and to see other people coming into my library who were doing 23 and 23 yeah. and were asking me for recommendations. You wow. came up a lot. I was like, Hey, you need to get this book. Have you um, heard of Nikki Payne? <laughs> but it was very cool 
uh, yes. for me to see that. And I live in a, a, a very diverse community. This mm-hmm. part of Virginia, um, pretty much every community in this part of Virginia is 50% African-American, 50% mm-hmm. everything else. So a hodgepodge mm-hmm. of all the other uh-huh. ethnicities and races. Um, so we live in a pretty diverse area, but to hear people specifically come in and say, Hey, I heard this challenge on TikTok 23 and 23, yeah. and I need, I want an author recommendation. Wow. Um, that was really cool. And I do give recommendations to the parents because yes, uh, they're coming in my room, but they also get really comfortable with me and they know that I read things that maybe a children's librarian shouldn't, but, um, <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, so it was really cool. And I was, I, I felt so proud to be able to say, like, I met her, like, I yeah. know her, you know, yeah. and um, yeah, I thought, yeah. yeah, and, and it's something that I think, I don't, I'm not going to speak for all white people, but I think that we don't consciously make the choice to read um, authors of color. We don't consciously make that choice. Yeah, yeah. And the publishing in the publishing industry feeds that, right? Yeah. They're going to p- publish more covers with people that are skinny white women. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the children's book industry, there are still more books about trucks than they are of people in general. Yeah. Um, and predominantly, if there are people in the book, it is predominantly white men. Um, and it's 2024. That's not yeah. what the world looks like. I'm That's gonna- not what our country looks like. And so um, I, I really was, I, I really loved that people were being challenged to, to, yeah. to read something outside of what you would normally pick up. Yeah, I'm gonna the actually... one thing that it does is like force intentionality. Yeah. All it right. does is just make you aware and mm-hmm. bring intention to your reading. Yeah. And it's not enough to read a book that has a black character in it. We are asking you to read authors of color. Right. Yeah. About um, communities of color. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm actually going to shout out uh, the Bowie Barnes and Nobles that Nikki's going to be doing her signing at. They have a beautiful African-American uh, writer section. They it's do. like the first thing you walk in is right there. I was like, I saw they had uh, your first book up and I was like, I know her. Yeah. Yes, a friend. <laughs> I have her autograph in my, in my copy. The I may, may or may not have stuck Book Bestie stickers in the copies yes. over there. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy for that. I love it. I love it. No, the Bowie Barnes and Noble, it's like, I think it's maybe, have, it has oh to do with Oh my God, your region. light hates you. I know, it really does. I think it maybe has to do with this region, but like right, but- the Bowie Barnes and Noble is very, like even on the book talk table, it's like, yeah. I'm sorry, we're going to, we're going to make room. Yeah. The book talk table, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have nothing else. April, you want to tell our, our besties what we got going next week? Yeah. So next week we wrap up our month of romance reads with this book, The Wall of Winnipeg and Me by Mariana Zapata. Um, Spoiler and alert, was- it's too long. <laughs> we can talk about that next week, Molly. Uh, but it is a massively long book. It's almost 500 pages. Um, 16 hours. This uh, this book was recommended to us by a few people, including our friend Heather from Bookables. Um, and uh, we'll give you our take on it uh, then. And then check our social media uh, for what's coming out in March. I almost said February, but we're in February, duh. Um, I will be absent from the first two episodes oh, in March. Yeah. The group um, chat is the group, unsupervised. The group chat will be unsupervised. <laughs> and Molly and Nurse Katie will be uh, reading. I know um, for sure we're doing Killers of a Certain Age. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I'll be absent for those first two, but we will have Chezzy on next month. I'll be back for that episode. I'm very excited. And of course, we are going to be at the Annapolis Book Festival in Woo! April. Uh, oh, no. Visit their website. Hey, we had a lot of hits this past month on our right. um, on our website that came directly from Annapolis Book Festival's website. So um, thank you for clicking on our links and following <laughs> us. We appreciate yes. that. So Seriously. Yeah. Nikki... Uh, Thank you, Thank you so, so much. Such a pleasure. Come back oh anytime. Gosh. You know how anytime. to reach us. If you want to just talk to us about random books, come chat yes. with or us. Or if, if there's a book you want us to hit up, tell us. Oh. Next season. Yes. Yeah. You are yeah. welcome any season. You know it's, that. It's so... It, like, you are refreshing conversationalist. Like, I oh. sometimes... We've had guests in the past. I'm not going to name any games, names. I will. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I we've had guests names. in the past where I'm like, I just... I need you to say just just something, just just something, um, and it's it's hard. Um, but yeah. you're a great conversationalist, and we kind of hit it off with you right away at yeah. uh, the the night before Annapolis Book Festival. Honestly, and, absolutely, we yeah. hunted you down. We won't lie. We're like, oh, where's Nikki Payne? We gotta find no, her. We gotta find her. You're the coolest people in that room. <laughs> that's far from we true. It. No, far from true. You, no, you really. <laughs> You, you saw that room. Okay. It was a, yeah. Um, it was a little um, dusty. Let's use that word. Dusty. Well, uh, thank you again, Nikki. Uh, you are definitely welcome anytime. Yes, and, thank you, um, Nikki. We'll see yeah. you We'll see you soon. guys next week. Bye, besties. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of April and Molly and not those of anyone else. Today's book was Sex, Lies, and Sensibility by Nikki Payne, who was our special guest. Your book besties are Molly Beggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins and music is Sleep Sweetly by Brigida. Don't forget to follow the book besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the book besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.